In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ, light of the world, as we celebrate this night, your coming among us, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to hear afresh the story of your love for all the world. Amen. It's wonderful to be here at Sea Salter Christian Centre on this Christmas Eve. And thank you for the invitation to celebrate on this holy night as we welcome in this first Eucharist of Christmas, the Christ child come among us. And it's a poignant one for the Kelly Moore family as this day last year marked our farewell to our home in the Southern Hemisphere and to put you out of your misery as to which side of the Tasman I come from as you listen to me speaking tonight. If I tell you I was Dean of the Cathedral in Auckland this time last year, that will help you know we're from Aotearoa, New Zealand. And a couple of days after this, we traveled here to Kent. Last summer, a hot Christmas on the beach at the Barbie. This year, a little less so. This Advent, we've had a lot of people say to us, they can't imagine what it feels like when Christmas is summer, when it's hot and you go to the beach, when you meet people at church on Christmas morning and they're in shorts and summer dresses. How do you celebrate Christmas when it's summer? How do you eat Brussels sprouts quite then? Well, we don't, should I add. Barbecues and Christmas dinner seem like a contradiction in terms, they say. 
the notion contrasting completely with what a northern hemisphere body would be telling you has to happen before Santa can visit. I've been quick to tell people, of course, that Santa arrives in New Zealand long before he gets to the northern hemisphere and then comes here to cool off a bit after all the hard work. The wonderful and oh-so-familiar readings that we've heard this evening remind us that, in fact, the message of Christmas has always been and should always stand out in stark contrast to the world around, whether the weather is hot or cold, whether we find ourselves in the northern hemisphere or the southern, whether we walked the earth when Jesus did or here and now. This is a story of surprises, of contrasts to everyone's expectations. For in Christ's birth, in Christ coming among us, God offered the world a kingdom of contrast, contrast to the rulers and authorities of Jesus' day, contrast to the society into which Jesus was born, and indeed still to ours now. In our familiarity with the story of Christmas that we celebrate again filled with joy tonight, we can be at risk, I think, of it becoming so comfortable for us, such a familiar tale, that we fail to see that contrast. The story feels normal, we know it well, and therefore we run the risk of losing sight that in a stable, where a family the most unlikely of couples from the margins of society are forced to give birth, animals first to witness it, yet a quiet, world-changing revolution was taking place. When we encounter that truth, that contrasting kingdom, it cannot leave us unchanged. The prophets of old knew that contrast between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world, and therefore they were a constant source of assurance and challenge to God's people, laying things as they really were before them, perhaps most importantly reminding the people of God of God's presence with them, and encouraged, indeed exhorted them, with the appropriate response in light of that. The words of the prophet Isaiah that we've heard tonight were an encouragement to a people in exile. The messenger comes from the battlefield to announce that victory is won. Those in exile restored to Jerusalem. The promise is that God is with them. And not only with them, but for all the earth. As the prophet declared, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God, even New Zealand, the prophet proclaims. The prophet's mission then to ensure that the people knew and understood that truth. Continuing to proclaim that salvation, the last gospel to be written, 
that of St. John surprises us this Christmas Eve again as the opening verses of this gospel that we've heard tonight take for granted that the audience knew the plot. They knew the story of the person of Jesus and his birth, who from Matthew, Mark, and Luke proclaim the characters. We know well of Mary and Joseph, of angels, of shepherds and magi. They know the stories of Jesus' life, John's audience. And what John is intent that they understand is that in Christ, the promises of old, which the prophets foretold, were being fulfilled. God was in their midst in the person of Jesus Christ. God's saving work for eternity has been revealed. And that in contrast to their expectations, in a way and through a life that was as far as a summer Christmas is from a winter one in the people's expectations, grace and truth and life have been secured for all creation, for all eternity. So then, with the prophet and the evangelist's words in our ears, what do we find here for us this Christmas night? How does the contrast of this kingdom speak into our lives this Christmas, into our world? Well, just as for God's chosen people in exile and in Babylon, and for the early Christians struggling to hold their identity in this countercultural Messiah, this kingdom brings a message of peace and challenges us to be the peacemakers into a world where it so often seems absent. As we gather this Christmas Day, we will pray for those places where peace is threatened or indeed absent. And we can call to mind so many. We think of the Rohingya people of Myanmar, for the people of the Philippines in the wake of the flooding of recent days, the people of California as fires burn. And we pray this holy night for the peace of Jerusalem and the Holy Land, so often a symbol of the division that plagues our world. This night we celebrate a peace that transcends all that life can bring, for it is found in God, never to be broken by humanity, who John reminds us we have seen in the person of Christ, who was and is and ever shall be. Sadly, many in our world today, ironically seeking to find peace for themselves, disrupt it so devastatingly for others. John wants you and me to understand on this holy night, even more to know the gift of this contrasting kingdom in divine peace which holds us in our turmoil and challenges us as we are able to live lives that bring peace. The challenge then to us this Christmas is to be committed again to choosing to bring that through our lives, 
into our world, into our communities, our streets, and perhaps gifting it to those we will share the day that lies ahead amongst our families and friends. This contrasting kingdom proclaims peace. So too, this contrasting kingdom brings a message of hope. In contrast to their seeming hopelessness, God spoke through the prophets and demonstrated in Christ how this hope can be, even in the face of danger and uncertainty. For this hope is not a risk over which we are powerless, like, I hope it will snow for Christmas, not likely at this point, I might add, with double figures being the temperature out there, but rather it's the assurance of a faithful God who was with them, shining a light on the way ahead and is with us this night. The light that shines in this church, a reminder to us that that light shines always. That sense of a sure and certain hope can feel contrasting to the reality of so many in our world, and we can feel powerless over how that comes to be. But this holy night reminds us that hope calls us to action. It's a verb. And when there are record queues at food banks, when more and more people find themselves homeless in our country, when recent statistics tell us that 30% of children in the United Kingdom live in poverty, we are reminded that we are not powerless and that we have hope and that by our choices, by how we live our lives, we can be hope bearers to our communities our nation, our world in need. And ultimately this night, this contrasting kingdom is founded on love. For in the story of this day, we encounter a young couple, not snug and neat in their home with their new baby with stretch and grows and bottles and blankets, but rather, life had taken them on an unexpected ride to an unexpected place. And we are reminded of those who came to tell this family that life would be different for them and for the world because of who this child was. We find the breaking in of divine love, which we know will carry this family through life to death and beyond through the whole gamut of the human experience. In contrast to hopes for the latest technology or the newest fragrance or the latest cookbook or item of clothing as the best gift list would tell us this Christmas, this rough and ready, raw expression of human life brought to us the Messiah. The human and the divine came together in the most unexpected way, and God's love was made real for all creation, for all eternity, expressed in the greatest gift. The question then for us this night 
as Christmas Day dawns once again, will we each hear the message of peace, hope, and love of this contrasting kingdom? Will we allow ourselves to receive the gift of this day of knowing it? And will we take up the challenge of living it, this greatest gift, that the world might be transformed because we know what Christmas really means. On this sacred day, celebrated in the contrasts of summer sun and winter chill, with the angels we proclaim glory to God in the highest, with the shepherds and the wise ones we affirm the truth that God is here and now in our midst. And we are invited to take this gift with us. As we know this gift in our lives, may we take hope, peace, and love with us and be bearers of these gifts to a world that waits to receive them. Amen.